Yo, yo, this is Sid Shaw, and we are back with another hot, hot episode of Chasing the White Rabbit. So excited for my next guest, Maria Wen, founder of The Art of Plating, which is an award-winning media company and agency dedicated to all things culinary. Her work is referenced in everything from Forbes to National Geo. And I was particularly interested in this topic as I'm cooking more at home now for my family, for small groups, and I wanted to up my presentation game. Hopefully you'll be interested in doing the same. Enjoy. All right, bang, bang. I'm super excited to have Maria Wayne on the podcast today. Welcome. Hi, Sid. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Maria is an expert in the art of plating. And, um, and I'm really excited to talk about this because, well, before we do, Maria, I don't know if you remember this, but the last time when you and I met was the last real kind of social networking event I went to before COVID, which was in, I think, mid-ish February. Yeah, the same, you know, I was just thinking about like it's been what five months almost yeah. no networking which is very unnormal for me <laughs> and uh yeah so that was one of my last ones as well yeah i know uh, but that was a fun night and i'm glad we met um okay so you 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 have a platform called the art of plating which is all about plating and 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 the um kind of the way you set up your food in a very artistic way. Can you talk a little bit about what is plating and, and what led, what was the passion that led you to create this platform? Yeah. So plating is pretty much the presentation of, you know, the food on the plate. Um, I was an art director before, so, you know, I was really into design and art. Um, I worked for an agency and I had this one client who just sucked all the creativity out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I you know, know that yeah. And I was like, okay, I just need to do something creative and pick up a hobby and do something different. And I always love food and I love cooking. I come from like a Vietnamese background. So food is so much a part of our household. And, you know, I naively picked up Thomas Keller's French Laundry cookbook. I had no idea who Thomas Keller was. I had no idea what the French Laundry was or what Michelin was, right? And I just picked it up because I was like, okay, I really like French food and the food looks really beautiful. I'm going to try it out. And I started cooking his food. And every recipe out of there takes you eight or nine hours. And after eight or nine hours, my food looked not great. Wow. Eight or nine hours. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're prepping. Yeah, you're prepping all the store, You're getting stuff at the grocery store and you're going back. <laughs> and, you know, my food looked like crap pretty much. And I was like, okay, how does he do that? Like, what is his thought process and how does he plate? Did it at least taste good? It tasted very okay, good. Okay, so, so so that I, part of it was okay. You just needed to work on the look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had that going for me. At least okay. And uh, and so I looked everywhere. There was really no recipes, no magazines, no books, like nothing. Nobody was really talking about food presentation and kind of the art of it. Um, and you know, I was stuck on the four hundred five going home. I was living in Orange County at the time, and we're we're stuck we're stuck in traffic. So. I was like, okay, I'm just going to try it out on social media because I know if I'm interested into this. I think other people would be. And I did in the first night, there was 50 followers and the next night was a hundred and, you know, across all of our social platforms. Now we have close to a million followers and fans all over the world. 
Wow, congratulations. Thank you so much. And we're working with amazing chefs and brands and people, and it's it's really exciting. Um, yeah, I've noticed you pop into, you know, when I when I look at all of my kind of fancy fancy friends in, in my network, I, I see you in some of their pictures and, you know, I'm like, wow, there, there really is this kind of luxury industry, um, you know, around fashion, food, art, presentation that really come together. Um, and it's really nice to see you there. It, so is, is plating, is it an actual, is it kind of like an industry or a sub industry uh, for high end restaurants or how, how does that, how does that all work together? Do restaurants, hire somebody to do the plating? Does the chef typically do it? What if the chef is not good at art? How does I mean, that all come together? Yeah, that, that happens sometimes where the chef is not not as good. Um, but honestly, plating to me, I think it's really a personal like expression. And so a lot of times it does come from the chef and it does come from their own vision and what they're inspired by. And so what I really like is I think of plating as like a type of artistry, right? So one chef could have a different style and another chef could have another style. Like I, I know a guy who he's in Copenhagen. He's a three Michelin starred chef. Um, and he, he grew up in the forest. So he's every, all of his plates are like inspired by scenes of his fort, like in his um, childhood. So it could be a scene of like, you know, a pond and rocks, and then it might have something edible on there, or he's inspired by trees. And then there's like a piece of chocolate that looks like a tree. So it's actually really interesting once you dive in deeper and trying to understand where people are, um, get their inspiration from. Yeah. I think that that's a really interesting point. I mean, so Typically, Michelin star restaurants have, you know, really good plated food. Um, and, you know, the few times that I've gone to them, I, I do really pay attention to the story behind it. Um, high end restaurants in you know L.A. where we're both from, I think a lot of them do plate, but not to the level of a Michelin star restaurant. So uh, are there places that are, are kind of known for their plating or is there like a, a plating uh, scale um, that that kind of rates, rates that part of the experience? I mean, I think that each place, you know, it could be a high, low place, but I think the concept of plating, I think right now is so much, so important because everybody's taking pictures of the food. I think yes. I heard a comedian say that like, you know, instead of praying before you eat, now we take uh, pictures of our food. So- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> So it's so much of like a dining experience and, you know, everyone's on the internet It's and there's that whole voyeurism when you're using Instagram and you're seeing what other people are eating. So I think that there's definitely much more of a focus to make your food look at least a little bit beautiful, whether that means, you're, you know, you're doing this crazy high end plating or you're doing a scaled back simplistic version of that. Well, how, how do people, I mean, how can you, it, I like what you said, it is very deeply personal. Um, how do people, how can people start to experiment? Are there like just some simple moves that people can do at home? Like just really basic stuff that, oh, okay, they're cooking some pasta and they can add something. Like tonight, for example, um, I have like two people coming over and I got, we're doing some Wagyu, uh, Wagyu steak and, you know, it's just going to not do much, but is there some simple thing that I can do that can just elevate the whole game 
Yeah, like microgreens and herbs, and you can easily get this at like Whole Foods or your grocery store. And, you know, just um, putting them on top of your, your dish will just like brighten it up so much. You're talking about like rosemary or something like that? No, there's like um, like micro arugula. Oh, okay. Um, you know, these like little herbs and you can find them in the like herb section. Um, I mean, just, just adding like little things like that on a salad, you could even add like edible flowers and that will brighten up your, your dish so much and make it feel very lively and colorful. I like that. Edible flowers. Can you get those at Whole Foods? Yes, you can. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Um, so what is happening now in the space? I mean, considering, uh, COVID, the restaurant industry is taking a really big hit. Um, do you see a shift to more in-home experiences? And um, like, I don't know, like it, it feels like people are, are serving at home more. They probably want to elevate their experience more. Are you seeing like a, a, a different shift on your social or the type of the interactions that you guys are having? Yeah. Like, um, you know, even from just like an at home perspective, I think, People are missing that going out and dining experience, but of course, everybody is being very responsible and trying to stay at home more and cook at home. Um, but then, you know, there's a part of people that don't want to miss out on that opportunity to have a special experience. So, yes, people are consuming more content and learning how to elevate their meals. Um, I'm seeing a lot of like very cool Zoom dinner parties happening. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, it's led by a chef and a chef will teach them how to cook and plate their meal. Um, another cool thing that I've been seeing is there's restaurants where, you know, some of these high-end restaurants where they're doing these to-go concepts and you can order your meal, but it's, you know, let's say it's 90% cooked and then you go home and they give you instructions on how to finish it. So if it's a nice steak, it's um, sous vide, but then you go home and you sear it and then they give you instructions on how to plate it. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, how restaurants are actually I, working with guests at home too. Yeah, it's it's really good. It, it, it does feel good that they've, they're pivoting their models a little bit. They're they are offering different types of services and there is a more personal aspect to it. And, and it seems like there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of it, which is great. And I hope that, you know, keeps them in business. Yeah, um, there's so many restaurants that, you know, I've been so impressed to see how restaurants have pivoted during this time. Cause I'm seeing, you know, chefs creating their own line of, you know, condiments and sauces to, um, to sell some some restaurants are closing down and they're doing going more of the charity route where they're just cooking for essential workers and those in need um i'm seeing you know certain restaurants close down and doing pop-up themes and and more of a casual takeaway concept so it's really interesting to see how restaurants have pivoted right now yeah, last week my wife and I went to uh, Manhattan Beach, and there was a, a taco stand that gave away a beach to go box, packed beautifully in a box. Everything was, you know, very just really neat and easy to eat. They packed two margaritas as well, right? With napkins, everything, and so you know, when you walk to the pier, we had it and threw it away, and it was perfect, you know. And we just it was such a nice experience, actually, and almost better than sitting in a restaurant. Yeah. Have you seen, like, what are some good, have you seen some really good uh, examples of how, how people have adapted? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many um, examples of that. 
you know, I've seen like a lot of really cool sushi restaurants do these to-go bento boxes where you get obviously, you know, a box and it has all these really incredible um, sushi pieces and it looks like jewels. It's, and, you know, I'm seeing restaurants do like picnic boxes, just kind of sim- kind of similar to what you're saying. So it's actually really interesting because also it's cool to see some of these higher end restaurants, the ones that you wouldn't expect to do to-go boxes. Um, yeah kind of come come down to a casual aspect and because you know i think it's really interesting how in our world there's these what i don't know like chef gods right these guys they're super accomplished and maybe it's a little bit pricey and you know you're saving up all your money to go dine there once a year or you're at that one time in your life and to see them come down and do something a little bit more casual and it makes them a little bit more accessible. And so I know I'm seeing a lot of excitement with diners being able to try their food, um, even if it's not, you know, that three Michelin star experience, but it's kind of pared down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of cool too. That is really cool. Um, any, any favorite experiences that you've had recently in LA, two or three um, restaurants that you think were a pretty spectacular to go experience? Um, you know, there's a, there's a sushi restaurant, um, a Japanese restaurant. I don't know if you've ever seen a chef's table. Yeah, of course. Okay, so the first season there was, um, a Japanese chef who she's based here in LA at a restaurant called Ennaka. And, you know, to dine there, it's like, obviously it's, super difficult to get in. Yeah. I I know this place very well. Yeah. All of that. It's super hard to get in. Everybody wants to try her food. Um, and she's really fantastic. And she started doing, you know, the to go boxes and you can get, um, one, one of her boxes and it has some really amazing sushi and fish and fresh seafood. And that's a really special experience. I mean, you got to just eat that in the parking lot. You can't wait to get home to eat that. Right. No. And and also because it's, it's so good. So you don't want to wait. So yeah, (laughs) we're outside dining. Um, some really good food. Um, you know, I follow your, uh, I follow you on Instagram and it just feels like you get invited to do really cool, like just cool, cool experiences. Like what are some of the perks that you get doing what you do or, or being in the world that you're, you're involved in? You know, I've been really, really lucky that this industry has given me so much. So like you said, I've gone to like so many really great experiences. Um, you know, one year, cause it's a couple of years ago, I had been working a ton and, uh, I was like, okay, I really want to travel. Cause I never really got that experience. I had never gone outside of the country because I had always been on my own since I was like 18 and I was in college and in school and working. And then, so a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, um, travel and the entire year I just traveled all over the world but through the art of plating and I was able to meet some of the best people the best brands the best experiences so I've gone to like uh, Argentina for a Park Hyatt 10-year um, anniversary there where I've gone to World's 50 Best Awards which is kind of the Oscars of the food world and being able to see some of the best chefs and the best people in the industry all in one place. And and that one I've gone, they kind of move around. So they've done it in New York and Melbourne and Bilbao, Spain. Um, last year. I've was- seen that. I mean, that, that is a, 
it is really interesting. Um, that award show. I mean, I, it, I feel so much, um, angst, you know, when they get to the top three more than I've seen, you know, more, more than I felt in, in any other situation. Oh my God. Try being in the room. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty intense because once you get to number two, yeah. you kind of feel bad for the person who's number I know. two because I know. you realize that who they're going to save for number one and people are just on the edge of their seats. Yeah. It's, that's really cool that you got a chance to experience those things. Uh, what, uh, are you seeing any new trends in this space? Is technology playing a part in, in plating or the art of it? Anything uh, unique that you see moving in, you know, maybe even in the last five months or in, in general, you know, pre COVID as well. I mean, I think like right now it's a little hard to say because everybody's kind of, you know, obviously um, haven't been focused so much on innovating as on like, you know, their plating techniques. I think that they're really trying to kind of slow things down a bit. But pre-COVID, one of the interesting things that I started seeing um, is chefs incorporating like 3D printing. Uh And so using 3D printing to, and there's like, I guess, I mean, I'm not into 3D printing and I should, I should investigate this more, but you can print edible food using your printer. And then wow. There's that aspect of it. But then there's also the aspect of using your 3D printer to create, um, you know, molds and using those molds to do everything from like chocolate to dessert or whatever ingredient that you're trying to make. And they're making these really fun and incredible shapes with their food. I mean, that definitely seems like that's a trend that's going to be here to stay. It's happening in every industry. Why not food and, and high-end high end food especially? Yeah, totally. And I, and one chef specifically that comes into mind, um, Dominic Ansel, you know, he we had him on our podcast a couple of months ago, and he was saying that that's one of his favorite technologies because he's getting really nerdy about it. He's getting, you know, having somebody teach him how to use the actual printer, and he's creating some fun, fun stuff with it. Um, I, I know I asked you this uh, it, you know, before in, in, a, in a different way, because I was getting ready for my own dinner tonight. But how, how and where can people learn about the basic techniques that change their their serving game? I mean, there's to me, there's there's a couple components, right? There's there is how you set out just even your uh, your plates and your cups and your and your cutlery. Right. Then there's how you serve your, you know, let's say your trucketory or your appetizers. And then there's the main right? And, and there's probably a sequence of how you do it. There's also a, a way to arrange everything. Is there, is there really good places to learn where people can kind of just learn some basic things without feeling overwhelmed by not having that artistic gene? Yeah, you could, I mean, Google will be your best friend. <laughs> you can also check uh, the art of plating out. Um, we have a YouTube channel and you can check out our Instagram um, we're always constantly posting content, um, videos on how to plate, and we always have guest chefs come on and do takeovers on our page, and they're teaching everything from how to make something to how to actually plate it and serve it, and um, it's really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So Art of Plating is your is your handle. How else can people get a hold of you if they want, you know, just to follow you, they want your consulting, they want your experience? What's the best way to get a hold of you? So our main page is 
at the art of plating. And then you can also follow me on Instagram. It's at Maria T A O P. Um, and that's me. <laughs> Maria, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited for people to learn more about this. I'm excited to try some of your basic techniques that you just shared with me and then, and learn more and experiment more over the next few months. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope, hopefully you have a good dinner tonight and take some pictures because I definitely want to see how it turns out. Yeah, I will. I'll send them to you. Thanks, Maria. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please share it with your friends and give it five stars on Apple. We'd love to hear from you. Please hit us up at whiterabbit underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can hit me up personally at SidShot Live on both platforms. Thank you again for your time and see you next week.